the world sure places a lot of emphasis on climbing up. We are urged to climb up the corporate ladder. Sports teams are urged to climb up the bracket. Others, for self-enlightenment purposes, desire to climb up the mountain of experiences. Yet underlying much of this push to climb up is a worldly notion of success. Now allow me to be clear, the Holy Scripture does teach us to be fruitful and multiply. And that imperative occurs in the context of an ideal relationship between God and humanity. Yet our human story is a story of fallenness, is a story of falling away from God's ideal. And so we have equated being fruitful and multiplying as a form of climbing up that corporate ladder or climbing up the money tree. The Christian emphasis is on what we do with the resources that God has provided. And certainly to achieve heights and feats, if done with a sense of Christian virtue, is a great thing. So today I'm going to ask you two questions to reflect on. What do you climb? And why do you climb? What do you climb? Why do you climb? Let's turn to the gospel today. Jesus is passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. Zacchaeus attempts to see Jesus in the midst of the crowd. Now the crowd despises Zacchaeus. His occupation as a chief tax collector means that he is a co-conspirator with the Roman Empire, right? That's what they think. His job sets him apart. People label him a turncoat. He is rich, and that in and of itself brings about an element of class warfare and hatred. But just notice, notice in the text, the text does not say that he was rich because he cheated. Rather, the text simply says he happened to be rich. Yet the crowd resents his job and resents his status, and they label him a sinner. In their eyes, he is of a diminutive stature, and as an intentional act, perhaps, they create barriers for him to see Jesus. Now, in the gospel, I think Luke forgets a description. Zacchaeus is not only... Uh, a tax collector, a rich guy, uh, a sinner saved by grace eventually, um, and, a, and, and someone who's kind of small in stature. But I think Luke forgets the fact that he is a risk taker. So much so that he climbs up a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus. And while on that tree, Jesus sees Zacchaeus and tells him, come on down. Come on down from that tree. Come on down from the labels that have been thrust upon you. Zacchaeus, because God sees you for who you really are. You know, in Jesus' ministry, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, 
Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they will see God. I'm going to posit that that very statement is fulfilled in today's gospel. The name Zacchaeus, now names in the Bible have particular meanings and intentions, and the name Zacchaeus literally means pure and innocent. His name is apt for his desire to see God and for God to see him as he is who he is. And God and Jesus sees him so much so that he dines in Zacchaeus' house. I think that's Jesus' direct response to the crowd that hates Zacchaeus so much. And once he feels seen by God, Zacchaeus' faith response is to follow. He gives half his wealth to the poor, or at least he promises to. And being a man of integrity, I think he will live into that. But I want you to notice something else in the text. Zacchaeus says that if he has defrauded anyone, he will repay them four times. Circle the word if. That is Zacchaeus' public testimony. There is no warrant to suggest that he defrauded anyone. And with confidence, Zacchaeus says, If I have stolen, I will repay four times as much as I have stolen after giving half of my wealth away to the poor. Beloved, Zacchaeus climbs up the spiritual ladder of his faith, the fig tree, as an expression of a pure desire to meet God, not caring what others thought about him. What a comfort. We are not saved because of what the crowd thinks of us. Remember, the crowds that were with Jesus during the shouts of Hosanna rejected him a few days later. We are not saved by our actions. Our actions become naturally transformed when we meet the Lord of life. We are saved when we strive to meet God wherever we have been, whatever we have done, if we have an earnest and a pure desire to do so. We are saved in the words of the first lesson today, by faith. For as Habakkuk and centuries later Martin Luther said, the righteous shall live by their faith. The reality is our faith experiences has its ebbs and flows. Habakkuk's text is an example of this. Read the short prophetic text. Now he begins by asking God, God, will you listen? Will you listen? Will you not listen to me? And at the end of the book, he comes to the realization, and here's a paraphrase of it. Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no fruits on the vines. In other words, even though everything I see before me has collapsed and my world has been devastated, I will exalt in the God of my salvation. For the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. For Zacchaeus, though people deride him, 
God sees him. It doesn't matter what others think about him. What matters is his motivation and his desire to meet Jesus and for Jesus to meet him. If we remain pure to our motive to experience God, we can climb up the tree of life with the power of the Holy Spirit because we know that Jesus sees us for who we are. The people around us may not understand. The crowd may not understand. But we do not live for the crowd, beloved. That's the secret of life. We do not live for the crowd. We live for God. Prince Mishkin in Dostoevsky's The Idiot is one of the most misunderstood characters in all of literature. Mishkin is a descendant of an old aristocratic line. And after four years in a mental sanatorium in, in, in Switzerland, you know, where he was under treatment for epilepsy, he heads back home to Russia. This penniless prince, heir to a historic and aristocratic lineage, is dressed like an oddball. He does not conform to the patterns of the aristocracy. He's consistently ridiculed for not following societal conventions. Yet he lives fearlessly. He lives with a sense of purpose and self-awareness, even poking fun of himself at times. Now, he doesn't make small talk. His conversations don't center around the latest fads and headbands or cars. You know, his focus is on faith, on dependence on God. And because his life is focused on that, he allows other people to take him for a ride sometimes because he chooses, he chooses to live with sincerity and genuine affection. He's not readily offended by anyone or anything despite how horrific the insults and despite the fact that there is someone who even wanted to kill him. He's not lured by the idols of money, power, sex, and narcissism that was so prevalent in his class. In a cruel world, his compassion and love is without bounds. Now, Mishkin's ostensible naivete, his desire to live a life of conforming his action to pure motives by placing the needs of others above his own, that's the tree that he climbs because he takes his faith seriously. And that's why the majority of the people in the novel label him an idiot. The world may not, may, may see our, may not see us for who we are. The world may see our pure intentions to live as God desires, desires us to live as idiocy. Perhaps that's where we can take comfort in the words of the Apostle Paul. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Friends, we all climb something in life. The choice is yours as to what you will climb. 
Do you climb the world's understanding of the ladder of success? Or do you desire to climb the tree of authentic life? Our hope is not in our ability to achieve anything because our salvation is given by God. Our hope is only in the mercy of God who knows our intentions. Now, as an added bonus for you this week, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. You can throw the stones afterwards. Um, <laughs> take a look at the exhortation to confession found on page 330 in your Book of Common Prayer. And particularly focus on this phrase, the intention to lead a new life. The intention to lead a new life, page 330. And you can do that at home. If you need that reference, let me know. I'll get it to you. If you desire a true amendment of life, beloved, focus on your intentions. When focusing there, you can determine which object you will climb. For remember, we all climb something.